0: On today's episode of Let's Talk Drones, the podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tiana and Billy Burt of Burt Marketing, located in Oregon in the United States. Tiana and Billy have built a marketing company on the back of their Mavic 2 Pro. They're here to tell us a little bit about their journey and what made them decide to go from an aerial imaging company to a full-fledged multimedia marketing company. Hear about all of that and more on this episode of Let's Talk Drones, the podcast. What's up? It's Chris, the Drone Geek, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Drones, the podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by the Burt's from Burt Marketing in Oregon. They have been doing some awesome stuff on Instagram with their drones, and I'm really, really excited because I've been following them for about a year now, and the stuff, like I said, is just awesome they're putting out there. But they're not just doing drone stuff. They're expanding out into the world of actually multimedia marketing and various types of marketing, and I want to talk to them a little bit about that today. So, I'm going to go ahead and give them the platform to introduce themselves individually. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. So my name is Tiana Burt, and I am the female entrepreneur business owner. And this is my husband, Billy. Yeah,
2: William, Billy. Um, nice to meet you, Chris. Uh, and yeah, I'm a her visual observer when the drones are out. And then uh, a <laughs> journalist by education and uh, kind of a old hat marketer for a lot of digital stuff.
0: That's cool. That's so cool. And it's neat that you work in tandem too. Um, it's, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it maybe the skills that you both bring to the table you brought together and that's sort of what evolved into what Burt Marketing is today?
1: It is exactly. So basically I am super involved in the, um, design and branding and social media and photography. And then he really is into, um, SEO web development where we both kind of overlap is kind of where business meets. So to be able to, like when I'm designing a website or something like that, if I run into a problem I'll call him and say, uh, hey, have you ran into this before? And he's like, yeah, try X, Y, Z. And then it just, it makes things flow so much easier. And then vice versa. Like when I'm doing development of a brand for a local business, um, I, I will th- kind of throw my ideas on the table and like draw things out. And then he'll come at the same project with a completely different set of eyes. And normally what the client ends up loving is exactly what we've meshed together. Ourselves. And she's
2: very, you know, creative and has a much different eye than I do. Um, and so it's, it's very like helpful to have like that more like artistic background, you know, uh, being a, a writer, you know, I think of things you know, from a communication standpoint, but I wouldn't say that like artistry is anything that I like associate with, but you know, definitely have some photography skills and things like that you pick up over the, you know, experience of doing marketing on different platforms. Um, So it's really just nice that, you know, she's got like this amazing uh, creative side. And she also is very good with names, and I'm terrible with names. <laughs> like, So it's like, you know, we'll do like a meeting, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, we want to sign. And I'm like, what is this guy's name? You know, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I, so, I, have,
1: I have like a sixth sense about it, too, because he'll be like, oh, and I'm like, hey, Jonathan, you know, like, <laughs> say it out loud. And so then he's like, gives me a quick nice. nudge, like, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I
2: mean, <laughs> it would embarrass us a lot more.
1: So. <laughs> But yeah, where we kind of come together with everything is building brands for businesses um, all throughout the Pacific Northwest. And um, we do that by um, creating their branding, uh, their logos, graphic design work, and then meshing that with custom content for their website development build. So everything from branding to social media, website development, um, custom content creation and promo videos is, is basically all we do. Um, and it's so much fun I'm loving it and our business has like gone crazy busy through the pandemic and I'm just like I did two drone shoots this morning and a brand development meeting with a client and a podcast with you all just today so it's it's a lot of fun but I'm kind of looking for help as well yeah it was it
2: was it was kind of scary. At, <laughs> it was kind of scary at the beginning of the year. Like, you know, you never know in these times of COVID, like, you know, what the market's going to do, what businesses are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we've seen is just like the people who have like survived and the businesses that have like really figured out how to navigate these times are really leaning hard into marketing and they're able to reach a, uh, a group that is very highly engaged, especially with their computers um, right now. Um, and so it, it's, it's easy for people like us to turn that into, into revenue for these businesses. So for those who are like trying to invest, you know, they're getting a lot more out of that, um, right now. So, you know, we couldn't have predicted that, but you know, it's, it's, it's great that it's happening. You There's know.
1: also a lot of like small business loans and grants that are happening, especially in our community in Southern Oregon. Um, and so those businesses are using that money instead of to like foster themselves to continue in business, they're reinvesting that money into their business to grow exponentially and which, you know, in turn, they, they keep coming back to me, which makes me really happy and then happy too, but it is a, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, it seems like what you do, you're very passionate about. And of course, I only get what you post on your your Instagram page. But the stuff that you post, it seems like everything you do, you have a lot of fun with. And I, I think that it's very cool how you've built this thing together and pursued things outside of just flying the drone, taking the pictures, taking the videos. You've actually gone and built an entire multimedia and marketing service on that foundation. And one of the biggest challenges in the drone industry is Figuring out how to use your drone, not as necessarily the backbone of your business, but as a tool in your tool belt. And some people use it heavier than others. But that's the thing that drone pilots run into a lot of the time is I've got this thing. It does this amazing stuff with video and photo and telemetry and all of these different things a drone can do, but I have no idea how to bring that into a real world application. And you've cracked the code for what you like to do. So Can you tell us a little bit about that journey, uh, you know, where you started and then how that brought you to what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, basically, um, I, I, I purchased my drone about four years ago, three and a half, four years ago, and, uh, um, immediately started my business. And I was thinking on that same wavelength of, okay, I can get custom content for local businesses, but I'm mainly going to like, look at real estate and, um, try to you know dive into that world well then the market kind of fell through houses are selling here in oregon faster than the people can put them on the market so realtors a lot of them know that they don't really need professional photography they can use their iphone or you know even a flip phone to take really terrible images and the the house is still gonna sell Um, so i i pivoted within my first five to six months of okay I love to do design. I love art. I I want to bring that to the forefront of my business. And I kind of put all of the drone stuff on the back burner. And now I just sell it as an add-on. And to be honest, my, my best sellers are my packages where I'm doing custom content, website development, and branding. So they're getting branded content specific for their business that they're not gonna. They're not using stock photography and things like that to to kind of build up their website. And it makes the user experience much more accurate because then people know what they're gonna get when they go to those businesses. Um, everything looks really clean, really professional, really modern. And I'm also able to like sell my drone stuff on the side. So it's very much like I'm using branding as the forefront and web development, SEO, all of that, and then the almost the lost leader is my, is the drone content, but that's the stuff everybody loves and what everybody wants. So I, if, if I'm able to like add it on as a selling point, that's the best thing for me. So, and it's the best thing for my client because then they get everything custom developed specifically for them, for their businesses. And no one else, like none of their photography is going to look anywhere remotely the same as what anybody else is doing. So to be able to provide something that's that custom and that niche specific for these businesses, whether it's um, real estate or wineries, a buffalo ranches, lavender farms. Um, I've got you know clients on all ends of the spectrum, construction businesses. So everybody is utilizing that content and the way that they're utilizing, utilizing it is with branding. So those images belong to those clients. And then I'm I'm basically posting my uh, my my you know the not not really the best of the best. They're getting the best of the best. I'm using the throwaway stuff for my own business. But I I know that when I'm out, say at a winery, I do a quick 360 and you know 12 12 snapshots of landscape, and then I can use those at a later date when maybe the weather's not so great or something like that. But that's mainly what my Instagram and my social media is revolved around is, is the drone stuff, but we do so much more than that. And I think people are starting to feel that momentum and understand that.
2: And what we found is like, you know, there's a certain like, you know, sex appeal of the drone stuff, like people see it and then they want it, but it's like when you've got the time, um, you know, going out there, the equipment, Um, just the education costs of doing things like the preparations, charging batteries and things like that. You know, there's a lot of like hidden time elements that go into it that people don't anticipate. And then when you're talking about, you know, transferring and storing very large file sizes and then doing editing work on very large file sizes um, it can be quite expensive to produce very high quality professional marketing videos for drone work. And I think people kind of, uh, assume that it's like very low cost because it's niche and it's kind of um, you know a, a early on market and there are certainly a, yeah there, it's an emerging emerging industry and there certainly are those kind of fly by night pilots who you know get their drone from a Costco or whatever and then you know yeah fifty bucks I'm gonna try it but they don't have the software. They don't have the eye. They don't have the experience. They don't understand the file sizes. Um, And so it's not really like a a true B2B, you know, business to business interaction that a lot of companies really need. Um, So they don't want to really um, afford it. You know, the value isn't necessarily there straight off the bat. Um, So what we've found though, is if you can package, something that's easy to sell like drone work, but it it has a very low value proposition with something that's a little harder to sell. You know, when you're talking about multimedia marketing, you know, you're using a lot of like three-letter acronyms. You're like, oh, your SEM's off or your SEO's off or, you know, we've got to do different file types. If you try to PNG, you know, it can be a little bit, you know, uh, difficult to explain to people the value that they're getting from that stuff. So it's kind of like this, it's just a, it's a match made in heaven that, um, you know, you've got this highly sellable product, but with a low perceived value and then something that has, a high perceived value, but it's it's pretty hard to sell because you can't necessarily always articulate it to, you know, people who aren't familiar with it. Um, so being able to blend those two things, you know, have that be our face, have, you know, Tiana doing her um, Instagram work, you know, her magic on that. Um, it, it brings in a lot of people because, you know, they recognize the professional quality of what you're doing. And so that builds trust with people. Um, And then from there, you can say, well, this is it's going to do great for you. But additionally, you need to have that backbone of strong digital um, performance on your platforms. um, And we're going to do both of them for you. So it kind of makes the whole thing work. Um, and you know, like we didn't know that was what it was going to be when we started. Like Tiana said, we started thinking it was all going to be real estate. Like this is a, a
1: sh- like, oh, I could whip out four yeah. jobs in a day kind of thing. <laughs> and in reality, it was like, no homes are selling by themselves. So now I'm able to be like a one-stop shop for my clients that are small business owners. They don't want to be touching their social media or working with their marketing or trying to figure out their SEO or develop their own websites. They want to be doing what they're doing. Like making soaps or candles or you know developing their land or you know growing a hemp field or um doing construction projects I want them to do continue doing what they love and please hand over everything you don't love to me because I really do love it
2: (laughs) I mean we, we ultimately love you know we're in a small town and you know um there was kind of a um you know there was uh Um, Not a lot of options for marketing, but, you know, the world that we live in is so um, accessible, you know, via the Internet and via the digital platforms um, that we really realized that, you know, we had a unique skill set that could help the small businesses that, you know, you didn't have to go out and try to hire somebody that you couldn't afford, that there were local people who could be flexible on budgets to you know, ultimately help you get what you needed, um, because you know a lot of businesses are just lacking that knowledge and experience with digital platforms, um, and so you know we really get a lot of value. Um, you know, the most enjoyable thing—I mean, we love great content, obviously. Like we get jacked about that, but you know, it's it's yeah. I mean, you know, we get excited like, well, oh my god, this river. Have you ever seen a tree like that?
1: I am notorious for being like, oh my gosh, look at the shot I just got and showing my <laughs> screen to everybody that's around me. Or like teaching kids, like when I have a second of their attention of like, now remember when you're out on the trails, like... You know, leave no trace and pick up after people. And if you see garbage, pick it up, you know, like just like reinstilling the values that I feel like our parents taught us, but aren't really being taught these but days. So I'm like, I have a second of your, your attention. Let me <laughs> get my spiel in. And <laughs> yeah, there's,
2: there's all that fun stuff that we totally like. We love interacting with the community. We love the content stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's when a business is somewhere where they did not think that they could be you know, based on their geographic location, the size of their market, things like Mm -hmm. that, because they don't necessarily understand the power of the digital sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they get that, those customers coming in, and then they can attribute it directly to what, you know, we've done for them. Mm -hmm. Um, We just, we love that, because it's like, you know, it's, it's like being a magician, almost like, you know, I can't explain the trick or anything, but like, they recognize that what has happened is is great for their business, yes. um, and and that's what we love. We just we love seeing other people succeed. You know, we're a small business. You know, we respect the grind. You know that it takes to you know um, wake up and be thinking clients and be struggling through remembering people's names and <laughs> you know whether or not your batteries are charged or your SD cards are wiped or you know whatever. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes on that's, you know, it's not a, it's not a nine to five type of situation. And so all business owners, you know, are familiar with how that goes. Um, And when, you know, all of a sudden they feel like they're achieving the success that they've always envisioned themselves, you know, achieving, you know, it's just a great feeling to be able to participate in that process and, you know, help feel like your skills you know, our skills really contributed.
1: And they make a huge difference in people's businesses. Like we've helped a couple of businesses in in town um, launch and they've been like the most successful things where people are running out of all of their stock inventory on the first day of their grand opening and scrambling the next week to get product or plants or whatever in to be able to continue selling. And that's like, those are the kind of growing pains you just like hope for, you know? especially in the small business small town sphere
2: yeah we always make sure that's one of the clients we ask people in consult is like do you want to grow do you want to grow like are you prepared for the extra everything that's going to come with with customers like growing your supply growing your inventory growing your shop growing you know once it starts you know the the process toward getting bigger you know it's we can handle one portion of it for you, but there's a whole lot that you're going to have to handle as the business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're prepared for that, then we're prepared to help take you there.
0: And I think that's, and I have I have a background in marketing too, actually. So, you know, that's it was actually a really perfect fit that you guys came on because it's it's sort of like it, we we balance each other. Um, yeah. But I think that's what you just said, Billy, is like so true. A lot of businesses just want the, the end result, which is that added revenue, the more more income because they have a higher level of exposure, more people are learning about what they offer, but they're not necessarily prepared to take on the additional workload. And I've had to have that conversation with people on several different occasions where, you know, they're, they're saying, Hey, look, we really need to get our name out there. We need more people in the store. And, you know, you look at everything around you, if you're in their facility and you try to be as respectful as possible when you pose that question of, are you ready? Because, ready. you know, maybe you're in a scenario where you look around and they may not be ready for what the power of what you're ha- what you offer can actually yeah. result in. Uh, so get, that's like, so true.
1: Yeah. When you post a promo video and you know within 24 hours you get like 20 25,000 views like that alone like blows people's minds and to realize that those are potential clients or customers that will come back and buy from you is you know harnessing the power of of digital media
2: but and that's the great joy though is when you bring it and then someone knows what to do with it you know that's like you know it's like good on you. You know, it's a, it's a respect type of thing because it's not easy, you know, none of it's easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we can do our part, you know Um, you know, Tiana can bring her skills to the table. And I mean, she is absolutely at the forefront of dealing with clients face-to-face and interactions. You know, I've got like my own nine to five that, you know, I do. Um, But she is absolutely like, you know, there with them to make sure that they understand like what's about to come And um, when they pick it up and run with it, you know, it's, it's very, you know, fulfilling for both of us, you know.
1: And I feel like that's the difference between working with a smaller firm versus working with a bigger firm. Like you're meeting with the owner and the designer. And so I'm not like, you know, telephoning their information out to somebody third party or, you know, some some kid that doesn't really know what they're doing or something like that. I like you're talking with the person that's actually going to be designing and developing and creating this content for you and really getting that story of their business and how the voice that they want to bring forward and how they want to present things that makes a huge difference in, in actually listening to people and being able to perform based on what, what you've heard and what they've said. So to be able to meet with small businesses and then be able to pr- produce the results that we do, it really—it's changing people's lives, and I'm—I'm I'm happy to do what I love and be in a small town and you know yeah. have a lot of fun doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's very cool. And like I've said, the, the joy that you two get out of what you do is very, very apparent in what you put out there on social media. But I do want to dive a little bit into the drone side of things. I know that that's sort of become more of a tool, a utility in your tool belt. Uh, but it is something that I know a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be very interested in. So can you tell me a little bit about the drone origins? How long you've been flying professionally? Do you both have your part 107s and what your biggest challenges are when it comes to flying drones, uh, not just for your clients, but, you know, even for yourself on your own, on your Instagram channel, What, what are some of the challenges that you face with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, so I am the part 107 pilot in our relationship. <laughs> he is my visual observer. Um, and I fly a DJI Mavic pro Two. Um, we upgraded, um, right when it first came out from the DJI Mavic pro. Um, and I was flying that for, uh, I believe two and a half, three years. It's been about three and a half years that I've been flying professionally with my part 107. Um, I, Honestly, my my biggest hurdle uh, with droning, especially in like rural Oregon is wildlife. So my biggest um, concern, especially before I get up in the air is number one, you know, understanding my location, the terrain, wind shear, um, up, like if I'm up against a mountain, um, or if i'm next to a waterfall or something like that where that negative pressure can suck your drone into the waterfall i've almost experienced that before so i i, I speak with that fear in my voice of like oh my god i almost ran my drone um but um honestly it's it's uh, like one of my clients has an eagle's nest on their property so it's just making sure that i'm I'm staying safe myself and that I am never interfering with wildlife. I want to stay as far away from Henry, the Eagle as possible. He has a name. And, um, you know, hawks and things like that. When I'm out flying, say like a hemp field out in days Creek, there, there are active hawks and they will come and swoop my drone. So the second I see one within a quarter mile of me, I drop that sucker and I land and i stay landed for about 10 20 minutes until they fly off and you know sh- see something shiny somewhere else but for me that is my one of my biggest hurdles with flying is making sure that i'm never interacting with the wildlife that's there and i want to again just reinforce like the leave no trace like i never want to be that person that's flying next to wildlife and interfering in any way like that to me is like a big no no um, but Yeah, I think that answered all of your questions,
0: did it? It did. And I'd sort of like to hear from the visual observer side of things. What's your biggest challenge when you're working uh, with your wife to actually make sure the drone flight is safe and successful? Because you have the remote pilot in command. She's got a ton of responsibility on her. But a lot of people underestimate just how much responsibility is on that VO and what goes into doing that job well.
2: Yeah, so absolutely, like being a VO is, it's got its own challenges, namely just knowing where the drone's at, you know, Um, we've got some nice, you know, uh, binoculars um, that we use, and uh, they're pretty good, but, you know, sun angle, you know, because, you know, part of it is that you have to be in, you know, visual line of sight to be compliant um, at all times, Um, and then, yeah, keep, you have to have a very, like, I don't know, like, 360 spatial awareness it's 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 understanding all of the stuff that she's going through now I, I don't have my part 107 originally we thought that was going to be like an asset that like you know if I needed to get some risky shot you know I'd jump over and you know <laughs> be the like but then we were just decided you know that's pretty, elite. it's, it's,
1: that's, it's never happened. Just yeah, throwing that out there. It's it, never happened. it has
0: never happened. We can well, to- and if, if you need, if for whatever reason you would need to fly the drone, as long as she's there, that that's exactly. all you need. So yeah, I, I agree flown for different shots and stuff
2: or had something creatively that I've wanted to do. And we've definitely done that. where, you know, having a pilot in command uh, next to me, you know, I've been able to get some stuff, but yeah, most of the time though, it's, it's really just, uh, you know, the things that I'm mostly watching out for is like she said, birds, you know, birds of prey. there's a lot of hawks around here and, you know, I, keep them coming and they ride in on the wind and then, you know, you can see them and it's, you know, you get that, you know, like combat music, like, dun dun dun, And it's like, <laughs> no, 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 you know, get out of there. We gotta, we gotta move. Flight
1: of the Valkyries you know? playing in the background. <laughs> I'm like,
2: get your shot. And it's about, you know, it can be very difficult to communicate on the fly quickly because, um, you know, I think the most important thing is um, for her that she's completely in her head space Creatively, you know, she is using this thing as a as a creative tool, eyes and ears, to be visually focused on capturing different angles and perspectives and colors and textures um, that we think a specific client's going to it's going to resonate with them. Um, And it's very important for her to be able to to do that. Um, And part of you know the responsibility of a visual observer is just to kind of like deal with all the other crud. Like it's not to just like bark off every time I see something that could be a hazard, but only realize, you know, once it has been. Um, And then also, you know, if we're in crowds, um, you know, I feel like I need like, you know, like a poking stick or something to keep people off of her. Because, you know, it's really drones are just like this, like no filter device that like bring out the like, you know, like everybody has questions all of a sudden and you know you could be there no one would ever talk to you you put a drone in the air and then all of a sudden it's like she's a celebrity people are just like hey uh, my grandson has one of those let's talk for 15 minutes and it's like hey she's she's doing a job like get over here i'll you know so a lot of it's like rebuffing the crowd noise um, just to make sure that um, you know she's able to focus um, but you know honestly she does a great job of that on her own like I don't know you know how she does it a lot of times because you know uh, one person like I'll be pushing somebody else back but then someone else will like sneak by me and you know we've always got to like decompress after flights and be like can you believe that? No, like, like,
1: I mean <laughs> honestly I, I welcome questions and I, I love what I do and I think that's palpable And people see that they feel it they want to be associated especially with somebody who's like Positive and outgoing and bubbly as I am, like I'm obviously excited about it. And so I will talk your ear off, but every once in a while, I'll be like, I'm sorry, just one second. I need to, okay, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, so again, like, you know, just bringing back up the conversation. But um, I think one of my, the best uh, shoots we had was when we were flying the um, uh, Umqua River Trail. And there was a lot of bridges off of this trail, off the water and a lot of tree branches and a lot of times I couldn't see exactly where those branches were curving or something like that and he would like um six inches to the west that's where you're at like you know so it's it's very much like just constant communication back and forth very um just you know we go with the flow and we're we're pretty good at communicating and so um you know even if we're we are in a crowd he'll like turn to me and be like like thumbs down his land. And so if he sees something in the vicinity that I don't necessarily see, if I'm talking with somebody else, that, that cue of just get down is okay. Got it. You know, it's very, it's nice to have those like, and I'm also things. like
2: the resident, like I get a freak out, like internally when something is happening because, you know, she doesn't get to, she has to like be like, you know, the pilot, <laughs> but it's like, when she's like sinking into the waterfall, I'm just like, dying inside because i don't have a controller or any ability to do anything and i'm just like oh my god like do i say anything or you know but she always handles it but like you know drones are such like finicky things you know flying too close to like bridges um are kind of problematic just with a lot of metal and things um, that can, you know, disrupt your, uh, you know, your communications with the drone.
1: Magnetic.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they tend to kind of like, you know, or when the battery's going off, I remember specifically we were flying at a a winery and somehow we got out over a pond and uh, she was, she had walked underneath like a, like a, like a pergola or something that went out over the dock and for some, it was wood, but for some reason it completely, so this thing's just out over the out over this pond, just just Slowly
1: gent- sinking. <laughs> gently and
2: I'm just like, OK, like, uh, you know, and so finally she like ran out of the pergola and, you know, it got up, you know, it didn't get super close, but it was enough to kind of give you that sinking feeling like, oh, my goodness, like, what's it doing out there?
0: I think uh, every drone pilot has had at least one of those <gasps> moments, you know, where you're, you're yes. watching and you're like, I'm not doing that.
1: Oh <laughs> man. That's, that's to me is my biggest fear. And I, I still, I still fly over falls and next to them all the time, but I know what to expect now is that that first flight where you're, we're flying over fall Creek falls. I think it was exactly three years ago this week, actually. Um, so and, um, it was like the first a waterfall I had flown over and I did not know what to expect. And so when that fall just tried to suck my drone in, I was like, what? Like in my head, I'm screaming, but Outwardly, I am like doing everything I can to get that sucker but to you know I w- sense and be fine. I would say
2: if you've only had one, you're doing great. You know, <laughs> we were at, we were at Falls and the thing like came right at us, and she she like had I pushed the, it. It was gonna crash into us, and she like pushed it, and then the blade caught, and yeah, you know so
1: it nicked my finger so she's, real good.
2: She's flying the rest of the time with like you know
1: blood streaming blood from my down hand. her
2: hand, and like I'm doing my visual observer job of like you're bleeding. But, you know, and i was like
1: oh am i i you know, think i'm fine yeah we
2: got the content yeah and you know <laughs> I, the first time we ever like when we very first bought the drone we tried to take off and you know the dji's they like to you know they take off they go automatically up to six feet and uh we thought we were doing like uh the like test mode or whatever they called it you know that was like we thought you were just going to do like a oh it's fl- a
1: demo mode demo mode or yeah. something like
2: a little flight simulator on the controller and so I've got the thing in my hand and I'm holding it and she's going into demo mode and then all of a sudden it starts trying to take off on me and I had no idea you know this was like our, the first time we'd even started the thing up and so I grip it and this thing is fighting me you know <laughs> trying to trying to, you know now it thinks it's in and she's got all these alarms going off and warning signals and like i put my finger down on top of it in between the blades and you know, it, she eventually put it to land, and it you know got all the uh, error messages cleared. But we didn't touch the thing for like two weeks after that. We were just like, <laughs> like, like this, is, this was going a,
1: back in the box. Like, this, was a,
2: this was a terrible investment. What were we thinking? You know, <laughs> but we, we eventually got it figured out. You know, but it was. It,
0: it, it is funny how like DJI makes a product that is so it, it's predictable, and once you learn that system, it, it's easy yep. to use, and you can use just yep. about any drone in their lineup. But it's also super unpredictable for that exact reason. Like, who would think that if you like grab the drone and you're just holding it, that all of a sudden it would like try to thrust upward yeah. and get yeah. out of yeah. your hand? It, yeah. It's uh, stuff that right right out of the box, it's very alarming. So, uh, but you've got what you said four four or five years experience flying now.
2: I think we got yeah, st-
1: four years. I think Three. we
2: started yeah 2017. That would have been I think like January yeah. uh, 2017 was when we first started flying and you know we had interest in it you know almost automatically you know people were like oh wow you know so
1: I actually I've been really involved in technology my whole life um all through college I worked on the geek squad I was the only girl in the state of Oregon to work on the geek squad so I was the girl um which was a lot of fun but now I really own that like I I am a geek I am a nerd I will like I waved that white flag of like yeah, I love technology. I'm a millennial and I know like I like a lot of people are like, "Oh, millennial, but honestly, like I embrace that because I have the work ethic, I have the drive, I have this positive mindset and I know what I'm doing because I've grown up in this technology era. Like if I'm not using technology on a daily basis, it's like, "Whoa, what am I what am I doing?" So, for me that was just an easy go to when starting this business was okay. It's going to be technology driven. And I, th-
0: I think millennials get sort of a bad rap and you sort of touched on mm-hmm. that. Yep. I th- a lot of people think that we're lazy entitled X, Y, Z, what, you know, you've heard, you you've heard it all, but oh, yeah. I really think millennials are actually a great crossover between that more progressive tech embracing uh, side of things like Gen Z are all about technology, but maybe yep. don't have some of the other qualities that we have, but we also inherited the qualities from the baby boomer generation and Gen X that give us that, that ingenuity and that drive to work harder. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I, I think that we get a better app, but at the same time, I feel like we have all the best qualities of the people around us. Well, it's like yeah, yeah, I agree. embrace technology, um, but,
2: you know, also have like this, you know, realistic expectation that it, it doesn't do everything for you, you know, um, interpersonal skills, you know, being able to relate with people or you communicate, know, you know, one thing that just as business owners, just, uh, you know, nothing to do with drones or anything, but, you know, the whole like contract language and how you formulate like your you know, founding business documents and your business plans, competitive research and things like that stuff that nobody sees or really particularly cares about, but that is really foundational to how we operate. Mm-hmm. You know um, it, it doesn't have any purpose for, for other people um, but it's very, we understand that it's very important to, to, to do that and to maintain that as like a, a core emphasis of, of what we spend our time doing um, you know, unfortunately you know it's like we would love to do more of just flying drones you know like that would be like the you know ideal is just to have this like endless stream of people who want to just throw money at us to you know fly everything under the sun like love to do it um but yeah there's like this whole other you know world of 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 stuff that you know it's, it's important to be mindful of and to be constantly uh uh, you know, a perpetual student about um, that. You know, maybe is is less interesting, but just as pragmatic. You know, and so you know, I think you you said it that like you know, you've got that proper blend of you know understanding. You know, these two very uh, not necessarily like you know opposite worlds, but but you know worlds that need to to mesh to
1: yeah uh, to but, be
2: successful. But
1: a lot of my clients are boomers or Gen Xers or even millennials. And they know that I know what I'm doing when it comes to this stuff. So to be able to hand something off with this just intuitive trust that, yeah, you understand me, you understand my business, you understand my competition, you're going to create for me um, what I can't do for myself. Um, But also like, you know, I I get a lot of, you know, I I learn from everyone and one of the best things my mima ever taught me, my grandmother, um is to always write thank you notes and, you know, that those little like boomery things to show your appreciation to someone who's who's hiring you that's we're, that's your longevity that's that's your your business we're that's totally your likelihood gift basket
2: people like so you. i
1: love giving <laughs> gift baskets and they watched, always have a hand you ever watch the you office
2: you know we're always like "But where's the
1: turtles yeah. you know
2: like <laughs> uh, they, we put them together and give them out you know just, but
1: my clients love it and then they continue to come back to me because i do i give out christmas gifts of um like canvas prints of their property that they might not have seen yet. Or one of my clients, his dog passed away in November. So I gave him a mug with a drone image of him and his dog at the winery with it. And so those like little gestures that show that you care, that's not a millennial trait necessarily. That's very much like handwritten notes or a boomer thing. And and realizing you got to speak to your audience. And that's the kind of thing they love. And honestly, I love getting thank you mail too and stuff like that. Like a handwritten note is like, oh, they care. They took five <laughs> minutes out of their day. So that's why I like to, that's another, you know, way that we're able to do that. But. We're,
2: we're glorified translators. We, you know, let 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 the older generation know what's coming, you know, and like serve as the bridge.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: that's, I, you know what? I actually think the bridge generation is another name for millennials. It's either millennials or Gen yeah. Xers, but one of the two generations actually has the nickname of the bridge generation for that exact reason, uh, like yeah. you're saying, so that's, that's funny that you say that. Um, I, I think the the biggest challenge, and I think that you can definitely give some insight on this. We know which way you've gone, obviously, when it comes to, okay, I've got this drone. It does all of this cool stuff. Now, what do I do with it to advance my business or to make something out of this? And largely there are two tracks that you can take that People m- most often to take anyway. There is the multimedia services, marketing, all of the visual imagery that comes from that drone. And then there's the mapping, there's the telemetry, there's the data that the drone actually collects and can be of use to construction companies, to site surveyors, whatever the case may be. It, did you have any moment where you thought, now your skill set probably says no, but did you have that moment where you thought, well, we can go one of two ways with this or we can go both ways with this? Can you tell me a little bit about? how that decision was made and how you move forward with that
1: yeah for me i i understand photography a little bit easier than i do with mapping um and so for me it was just a natural transition of this is a flying camera i know how to work a dslr camera so i automatically know how to work this drone and make it to my advantage um but in our in our area there's there's really not a lot of mapping that's going on. And so for us, it was just a kind of natural transition of, you know, we could do um, either both or either, or, and for us, it's, it's really just taken off with the content side. Yeah.
2: We, I mean, we looked at it, I, you know, because we'd see opportunities come along, you know, we, um, we're on a different platforms for, you know, drone businesses. Um, So we did get, you know, opportunities to do things like, I can't remember, but I feel like one of them was like flying a drone in some way that would like disrupt like birds at like airports or something like that. Um, And so, you know, we've seen um, different opportunities that would be less, you know, um, business oriented and more, you know, service oriented um, that you're, you know, providing um, some type of, you know, I mean, service just for somebody who needs something like their property lines. Um, or, you know, there's uh, we've been having, you know, obviously bad wildfires out here um, the past few years. Um, so, you know, they ask for drones for like uh, search parties or, you know, flying different ridge lines to understand where um, the,
1: the fire, fire breaks yeah, are. The fire
2: lines are um, to kind of push their resources around. So, there's a lot of different avenues, and we'd seen um, a lot of that. Um, part of it was, I just don't think like we were passionate about it. So we maybe didn't pursue it as doggedly as some people who were maybe like, I don't want to be in marketing. So this stuff looks like a good opportunity, you know, as business people, we obviously sniffed out that there's, there's money there. Um, but you know, I don't think we necessarily felt like we understood um, how we were going to bring the value that we know we can bring over here, um, to this, you know, if all we're providing is drone footage, you know, I think that both of us would feel a little well, it's bit. also
1: like mapping and telemetry and like, you know, calculating land distance and, um, high elevation and, and ground level and all that kind of stuff too. But there's just, in my honest opinion, in the Pacific Northwest, there's way more to do for digital media and content than there is with mapping. Um, I mean, maybe in you know somewhere like Arizona where you're mapping a desert or something like that, it it might be a little bit more relevant. Or somewhere like Texas where you're doing like oil field work or something. But um, in the Pacific Northwest, for
2: yeah, we haven't we haven't seen like we, a, no, a lot of mapping opportunities. No, there's
1: really here. there's not not much. And um, on that same point you mentioned earlier, just like you know, how do you make money with this thing? Um, it's just finding your niche and and what you're passionate about, what you love and what you can bring to the table. It's basically your value proposition to whatever client you're talking to. So if, if your client needs a map and you know how to do that on your drone, sell that. Um, but it, for us, it was just a no brainer. We both come from tech and marketing backgrounds and I just got sick of making money for other people. And I know what I can bring to the table and being able to do that for small businesses and make an an actual impact in people's lives of these small businesses within the community. I have made some amazing clients that are friends and family. I just got off the phone with one of them right before our meeting and we tell each other, we love each other over the phone. And that to me is like building that relationship is so important. And that's also something that I love and that I'm passionate about as well is supporting the community and being an active member and being able to build those relationships and have people that I can rely on if anything were to happen or, um, you know, people that know to recommend me and word of mouth in a small town is huge. So just utilizing your skills to be your value adder to whatever your client or market is.
2: Yeah. And when you're, you know, when you're offering people a new perspective of things that they've never seen, you know, I think that's one of the most interesting things about, um droning and maybe you can relate to it is is that it kind of uh, for me it rewired my brain just a little bit as to like how i conceive a, a a space you know that i enter um you know a lot of people see a tree and they can think of the tree from the perspective that that they're standing at and it might be something that you wonder what it looks like from above Um, But, you know, I find all of a sudden that like I've got this, you know, very active imagination of how to shoot a tree in three dimensional space um, or a building or anything, you know, and um, to be able to offer people things that have maybe become commonplace to them, a building that is a part of their business, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, things that they maybe take for granted and then you give them this new perspective Um, And it's very exciting for people, you know, they, they, they love to see it. Um, And I think that's, you know, the, the, the big, you know, joy of being able to show um, drone footage is being able to like offer that new perspective. Um, So, yeah, as far as, you know, the, the more like pragmatic work, you know, I, I just, I don't think we, you know, have a a passion for it. it. You know, it wasn't something that we sought out. I mean, we have flown or she has flown, I shouldn't say, you know, I watched her fly (laughs) over, you know, property lines and stuff. And, you know, it can be, it can be a bit of a workout, you know, chasing those (laughs) things down to stay in line of sight and, you know, um, but yeah, flying property lines and things, you know, we've done that before, but, you know, it's just, you get done with it and, you know, it's, it's just, it's like, well, man, I, I could do some awesome stuff with that. And, you know, we do, that's what, you know, a lot of our, you know, um, you know, while we're up there while she's up there, you know, it's just like, look at this, I got this awesome thing. And then that's the Instagram fodder, you know? Um, so it's like, that's, that's the stuff that, you know, we, we do. And, you know, it's so um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a lot more, you know, exciting to us um, and fulfilling to be able to do that, you know?
1: Yeah. But with that being said, like whenever I'm flying, like for a real estate gig or I'm flying, Property lines or something like that, I always go around and knock on people's doors and give them my card and show them my license. Like, I am a pilot. I'm not coming here to spy on you or, you know, take images of your property. If I do fly over your property line, it's just to get images of XYZ. So, I really network when I'm out with the public to not only bring awareness that drones are not bad we're not here to spy on you or anything like that, I'm just here to do my job and I'm a professional and I you know I am licensed this is legal um, you know I have a, a legit business and and just kind of enforcing that because I feel like a, especially in like rural Oregon there's a lot of fear-based nonsense out there that you know the government is using drones to spy on people or you know all of those kind of conspiracy theories and I'm just here to reinforce nope um it's little 30-year-old me flying <laughs> not the government so here I am yeah kind of thing
0: I, and I'm glad that you said that and the your and I can say this, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody doing that. So that was extremely eye-opening for me. And it's, it's an opportunity here uh, that I just want to really emphasize on. Take, a lot of drone pilots wait for the confrontation to come to them. Uh, you know, they set up shop in the back yeah, of their vehicle or wherever the heck their ground control station is going to be. And right. they just operate their drone and wait for encounters to come to them. The idea that you go house to house in the immediate area, let these people know, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. It's legit. I'm not doing anything wrong. Here's what my mission is. You're... A eliminating any chance for them interrupting your flight and creating an unsafe working environment while you're flying that drone. But right. B, like you said, you're networking. Who knows if that neighbor next door or if that neighboring business next door won't need your services in you know three, four, five months, however long down the road? Exactly. That's extremely intuitive. And I think that a lot of drone pilots, anybody that's listening or watching this, uh, would be well served to take that, take a, you know, take a tip from you and follow your lead on that because that's, that's extremely smart. We never had a negative
2: interaction with it. You know, nobody's like, don't do it. You can't fly here. Um, most people, you know, it's like once they know about it, like you look over, they want to
1: come out and watch me. (laughs) Yeah. you look over
2: five minutes later and they're in their bathrobe with their coffee, you know, (laughs) watching it, you know, so they're, they're excited about it. And I think the other thing though, that, um, you know, that it really does. And that, you know, we, you know, are very passionate about is, is doing right by the industry of, of droning. Like that um, if there's people out there not communicating um, and giving people a bad taste in their mouth or making it feel like it's, it's not professionally handled um, that it really makes it harder for the next guy. Um, Whereas if you're out there being vocal and, you know, showing, handing out a business card and being like, you know we're here if you have questions come talk to me if you have concerns come talk to me yeah like i'm right out there um then the next time they see someone flying a drone there's not that you know um
1: animosity or negative feeling about yeah it,
2: it it makes it it makes it a much more like oh no that people do this and it, it's okay um because with any emergency emerging technology, there can be a little bit of fear surrounding it um, that people, you know, they don't understand what or why or who. And so when you can put a face to it, and obviously when it's a, you know, beautiful young woman, like, it's a lot easier, you know, to digest than if I showed up, you know, in a hoodie or something, you know, then it might be a little bit more of a, of a situation. But but
1: I also like when I'm out, I, I call it networking. When I'm out networking or knocking on people's doors in this, the perimeter of where I'm flying, I'm also explaining this sounds like a swarm of bees, Um, please don't be alarmed if your dog starts starts barking, it's not going to disrupt me, dogs don't really like drones, so I'm kind of explaining like what might happen or what to expect, and I feel like that really allows people to like lay down their walls, forget their fears, and like like william said earlier to really just bring honor to the drone industry and bring that knowledge of like yes i'm available to answer your questions i will talk to you for an hour after i'm done flying about this thing its capabilities and what i love to do mm-hmm. but um it's a lot of it is very um it's just fear based you know thought and and i want to kind of expel that as much as i can and i feel like you know talking with the public that's the best way to do it spread your knowledge show your face show how excited and passionate you are about what you're doing and the difference you're making in the world and and it creates that you know it meshes the gap where people aren't afraid and they're they're more apt to ask questions or come out and watch me. And I, I welcome that. Like, please come watch me fly. I'm really good. And it's a lot of fun. And, you might have fun too.
2: <laughs> and if, you know, if we can offer any words of encouragement to any pilots out there who maybe don't necessarily feel like they have the people skills or the confidence to go out and address those situations. Like, you know, I'm here to tell you that we've done it a lot and we've never had a bad encounter. Never once. And, you know, people love what you do. You know, like everybody is on a social media platform of some sort, they see it, they love it, they're interested in it, Um, and if you're there putting a face behind it, they're going to be interested in that too, uh, much more than they are going to be afraid, um, especially if you're just direct. So, you know, be bold, go out and talk to people. Um, And I think you'll be surprised by the reaction that you'll get and that it will be overwhelmingly positive Mm -hmm. because what we do is a positive thing that excites people. It's content that they love that they like engaging with, that they like interacting with. And if in some small way they get to feel like they're a part of it, you know, to be all like, oh, I saw a drone pilot today. Like it's it's topical for people to discuss those things. Um, so, you know, just don't, don't, don't feel that hesitation or, you know, it's, it's, it's probably gonna be a positive experience
0: Oh, yeah. And that's the, that's the big thing. And I can't, I'm not as fortunate enough to say that I've had only positive experiences. I have had about two or three negative experiences. And it's it's a situation where rather than become confrontational or standoffish with that person, I usually try to take the high road and get, use it as a learning moment. And exactly yeah. like you're saying, put a face to the drone, explain to them what I'm doing, why it's important, and who I'm helping when I'm doing it. Uh, so there's there's a lot that goes into mustering that courage and just stepping out of your comfort zone and just engaging with that person before they have a chance to come and engage with you. And I would say the, the thing that if you're, if you're shy or you're not somebody that is outgoing enough to go door to door and knock, maybe come up with like a flyer, you know, type something yep. yeah. up and leave it on their door, or their porch or in their mailbox, whatever, and let them know so that when they grab that, they can at least read it and know, okay, this is somebody that's means well, they're not spying on me. They're not doing anything they should. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really if people advice. don't
1: answer the door, I actually have postcards that I've designed and printed um, and I leave them on their doorstep or in their mailbox if it's right next next to it, just to showcase, here's, here's an example, here's a few examples of my work and on the backside is all the services that I offer. So it's another way because, and you touched on it earlier, you don't really know who people know and somebody might be connected with somebody who really needs you. And just to be able to have a contact information and have a pleasant experience with somebody that could mean your next project. And like most of my projects are done like word of mouth or people uh, googling uh, marketing firms and they they find me off of Google or thirty three percent of them come from Instagram. So if you're not showcasing your work on Instagram, I highly recommend it.
2: Yeah. And again, I probably would have had some negative experiences without the, you know, public face buffer over here. (laughs) It makes it a little bit easier. yeah. And I I probably would get a little bit different reaction if I did it in the volume that she does. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, that's awesome. And we're running out of time. And I'm, I'm sort of bummed to say that because this has been great. And I've yeah. learned a lot about uh, the Burt's and Bert Marketing. And I have to say, I'd really like to have you guys on again in the future. Uh, just do some yeah. updates as we go along. But this has been awesome. I'm going to give you the last couple of minutes here. Anything you want to say to you know, help better define who you are, what you're doing, or how people can get in touch with you. That's the big thing. Uh, go ahead and take that opportunity now before we wrap up.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, our website's burtmg.com. That's B-U-R-T-M-G.com. You can see examples of our work, um, see what we're up to, see some of our clients and our services on there. You can reach out and contact us anytime. You can follow us on Instagram, Burt Marketing, um and see tiana's personality you know see her story see what she's up to um and maybe you'll get to see a little bit of me you know know, (laughs) lurking in the (laughs) background or you know caught unawares um yeah Uh, but yeah, it'd be great to interact with more people. You know, it's a, it's a great industry. It's fun. We definitely love seeing everything that everyone else is up to, you know um, you know, the great thing is, is Oregon's beautiful. We love our state. We love being able to capture it and to share it with everybody. Um, But we also love seeing the content that everyone else pours in and and think, man, we got to go to, you know, Utah or wherever, you know, because you see all this really great stuff. So, uh, you know, don't fear. Feel free to reach out. You know, it's it's great to um, network with uh, all the other pilots out there or visual observers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, my biggest takeaway from today was was meeting you. Thank you so much for having us on. I really appreciate it, Chris. And just to know that you know you're you're talking with a bunch of other females in this industry. That to me is really um, you know encouraging because I I feel like I'm you know one in a million and uh to be a female in this industry is a really really big honor and a, and a big deal to be successful at it
0: um, oh, absolutely and i i'll be happy after we wrap up here to to put you in touch with some of them because they're phenomenal professionals and some of the best drone pilots photographers video that i've ever met so definitely want to get you hooked up with them too uh, because i think you could all learn a lot from each other
1: awesome, awesome. great yeah follow me up burt marketing
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, make sure you go to Instagram, check these guys out. They do awesome work. And again, go to their website, especially if you're in the, what would that be? The Northwest corner of the United States and you need yeah. some marketing aerial imaging services, whatever. Or the case. You use be. the internet. <laughs> or, yeah, or, or the internet, exactly. So make sure you check them out. Bottom line, they do awesome work. And until next time, I'm Chris, that's the Burtz and we are out of here.